Well, hey there. Welcome to the in-between. I'm Colson Lechner stepping in for the host position of John Noble Redfern Jr. That's right. That's right. And He's in uh, the room, but unmiked, which yes. means we get to say anything we want. Right. And here's the thing. This may, <laughs> this may be an explicit episode. <laughs> Pro- probably not. Well, Kim, you never know. Yeah, you really don't know. Yeah, Chris, do you want to introduce our I newest guest? I would love guest? to introduce our newest guest. And, and I, don't, I don't know if this is a pattern. This is kind of a fun way to introduce new staff, I feel like. Yeah. That, that faithful handful of people who, like some of, the, some of the more hands-on minister members of the church, might. this might be a good thing, a good pattern. But we have with us today in the studio, Kim Weber. Do you have, a, do you have an applause button? Or crickets. Hey, got the right button. Nice. Nice. Well done. <laughs> uh, Kim, it's a recurring bit that I have no idea what the what well, the colors well, you're doing mean. Great. You're doing great in my book. Thanks. Yeah. That's right. One so for far, one today. One for one. <laughs> okay, so just quickly tell us a little about yourself and what you're what you're hoping to uh what you're hoping to do here. Yeah, I um have been a member of this church for three and a half years and just believe that I'm meant to be a supporter and an equipper. And I just think that falls in line really well with the mission of our church here. And I've been serving in kids ministry and sound booth AV ministry. And um, now I'm getting to step in and be Chris Legg's executive assistant. And so I'm excited for all that that (laughs) might entail. And I know it's going to be a journey. We're going to figure out what that even means. So Nice. I I can tell you guys. So more than anyone I've ever interviewed in my life, I think Kim got the best references that I've ever heard of anyone ever. Oh wow! Like like one or two of her previous employers. Like I got to the end of the interview and I'm like, okay, good, we're we're good. Anything you want to add? One of them goes, yeah, I just want to tell you, your life's about to change. Oh wow! Like having having Kim on my team changed everything about my life. I was like, oh my gosh, I've never heard anything. Wow. Like, no one's ever said anything like that before. Yeah, exactly. Right. No, nope. so exactly. So the only option for you now is disappointment. Yeah. I'm like, he said it too high. Well, at least you're prepared. Exactly. No, that's, that's awesome. So this will be, this will be great. Yeah, this will be great. We're hoping to maintain Kim's sanity for we're we're, we're thinking at least several weeks. Yes, maybe, well, maybe months. And, and it works out because she's starting, and I think it's prolonging because you're going to be out of the <laughs> yeah, country exactly. for a couple of those that weeks. Will, that will so. prolong her sanity weeks. a little yeah. extra. Exactly. <laughs> she's going to be talking to each of you like, okay, what's the real story? Exactly. Everybody, everybody, tell her the truth. Mm. All right, good. Um, so Kim, it's great to have you. What yeah, a, what a, what a cool thing um, that we get to minister together. Uh, now that doesn't mean that they're losing you an AV, right? I hope because John, John will resent me <laughs> forever. Exactly, he's giving me the evil eye right now. Hopefully, that's not going to be the case. There's a right answer. <laughs> John's still cussing in the background. I can't hear him. We'll use the. I'll bleep him out later. Exactly. Um, man. All right, but this week jumping into Second Peter, Peter three three, um, and this is chapter three. Of three, so we're yes. in the last chapter. Who is it? Right? Is, Paul, are you Paul are you teaching? Is preaching mm-hmm. this week. How far are you going to get? Chris asked me to cover through five because then the next week is Stephen Young. Stephen Young, oh, right? Great. To come in, and so it'll be another one of those probably. Um, you know, again, that we've run into constantly. Of yep. you want to back up, you want to keep going, <clears throat> and mm-hmm. so five. Um, probably one through seven, you know, kind of completes a thought or maybe through 10 
probably completes the first thought, and so this will probably be just the first dash at okay at it. But do you want me to read it? Why don't you read all the way through seven, since it is kind of the there you oh go. yeah okay that sounds yeah. good. All right, Second Peter three one to seven. Uh, this is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior, Jesus, or excuse me, and the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, "Where is the promise of His coming? For ever since our, or ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation." For they deliberately overlooked this fact that the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God, and that by means of these the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. The very word of God. Mm. <clears throat> so... Yep. From my understanding, doing some like overview, and this I was just wanted to ask this question because we're yeah. jumping into three. For like for the second chapter, we're talking about the false teachers mainly like their and their actions. And then are we jumping into now their theology in chapter three? Like what they're talking about is more. Hmm. Yeah. So you probably put like chapters. Chapter one certainly has more of a like positive pastoral exhortation right. um, towards the flock, and then chapter two is this kind of meet in the middle where he you know goes after again these false teachers. I would say in both their thought and their um, you know he's like he continues to expound on their methodology of false teachings, like how they're abusing it, and so okay. we get to learn like if we have this stark command. I mean, um, uh, I guess again exhortation in the very beginning of the chapter where he calls them out for what they're doing. And then he goes on that mode of repetition where then he's repeating why they're in the falseness of their teaching, what then leads them to it and what's the condemnations that come, come from it. And it goes over and over and we learn more and more about hints of, Oh, this is probably what they're teaching falsely. Oh, this clearly is why they're teaching falsely. Um, You know, we get that it's greed and we get for love of money and we get these sensual desires mm-hmm. that are lived out even in the daytime, right? And so we get the, that kind of on repetition. Um, but the bulk of the middle still s- kind of aims at these false teachers who are unsaved. And then in chapter three, we kind of get this flashback to one. We get these more right. positive, you know, again, exhortations, pastoral exhortations. But then it's like they're melded in with right. chapter inter- two of yep. like, you know, oh, but okay. there's still some warnings that need to be going on. Um, And so whether, I mean, you're bringing up the good point of like, whether these false teachers in part of their abuse, now we're also not just denying Christ, but denying Christ's return. um, That may be a real possibility, or is this may be a shift off into, okay, now we're we're done with the false teachers who aren't saved. Um, Now let me address the flock who is saved. And if there's those among you who are saved, who now are believing the lie that Jesus isn't coming back. Right. Now let's talk about the scoffers. Let me talk talk to you guys about it. Okay. Yep. Okay. Because you've, you've got this, obviously you've got a group of people, you've got several people who are following those false teachers. 
Or who have been fooled by them. Who've been fooled, yeah. Yeah, who are like, oh, no, this must be the right. I mean, we've all, probably all of us have been there in our Christian walk when someone came up with some new, clever way of understanding something, and we just, that sounds so good, and we jump on it, mm-hmm. and later we discover, oh, no, that's not good at all. That's that's still wrong. That's mm-hmm. still, and it's one of the rules, probably one of Chris Sherrod's rules, that uh, you know he's got so many of those clever little one-liners mm-hmm. or whatever Quits. with this, but... But like that, all that that most new theology is just old heresy. Yeah, um, and so <laughs> yeah, uh, you run into that when someone's like, "No, now I've got the answer. I fi- I'm the one who's finally figured it out after all these years. I've got the new." Mm-hmm. And of course, you can't just, "Well, that's not possible." No, may- maybe they figured something out. Let, let let's listen, and then they go to think it sounds so good, and then you do some research and realize, "Oh no, that's just that's bad. Still wrong." Mm-hmm. So often. And I think that's one of them. That, okay. That, that one of the things they've bought into is this idea of him not coming back. Um, anyway, so, and and I'll say, like, so when I divide up, like when I divide up a book in advance, mm-hmm. I stop when I know if I was the one preaching, I'd be out of time. When you'd be out of time. And yeah. so, like, it, Paul and Stephen and others, like, when I send it to Stephen, it's like, hey, Stephen, could you do, like, six through nine? Mm-hmm. He immediately bells, he's like, can I go through ten? Like, yeah, absolutely. Like that. That's yeah, not, yeah, I, yeah. I don't mean that to be some rigid, that's how long it, I, I know I would saying. be out of time if I was teaching this there. Mm-hmm. So Paul may go to seven and then Stephen may go back and pick up in five or who, because that's again, we've run into that every right. single week. Right. Yeah. Okay. Every that's week. cool. And that's probably also a good point of like, and if we were reading, you know, different versions of the Bible itself, like, right. Like, they divide it up differently as well. And right. So it's not that there's a, oh, well, this clearly is the, if you were going to preach on this, you have to do this section. <laughs> right, and exactly. You'd be incomplete if you stopped here or, or went longer or whatever. Okay. No, it's, the, the division is not necessarily as clear clear cut. And, right. Okay. Um, but you're right. There is plenty here just even. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's it's not that, oh, well, we need to go to 10 because mm-hmm. now we'll cover this whole thought. Yeah. No, even yeah. Yeah. going to 10 in one sermon means you're going to cover more of a thought, but then you're going to have to expound right. on it. I, I feel like this is this is a you know until until I don't know what eight years ago I had never been the weekly preacher of a church mm-hmm. like that had not been never my role okay and uh, I had done a lot of Bible studies but they had this end date like oh you have ten weeks to do a Bible study or we've got the semester mm-hmm. or we've got yeah. so you just kind of teach and then you pick up where you left well, off kind of a start, thing or? well what you did is you start at the end and you divide it by ten. oh yes you have okay 10 weeks, yes, yes so yes. you're going to teach First Timothy in ten weeks you've got to divide it into tenths whatever that means. Well, now knowing that's not how that's not how this works. We're we're back next week and the next week and the next week and any any deadline we put in place is one we put in place. Right. Um I, I at first I used to get worried a little bit about that and then realizing going through I guess John was what I taught through first, first. when it was my responsibility to teach what I wanted to go right. through. And and we would it, it still felt totally arbitrary like we could do we could do these four words today. Right, and like it seemed like no matter how narrowly you you cut it, mm-hmm. you could you could go thirty five minutes on that. It, yeah, and I know it's not always true. Like if if I'd said, Paul, I want you to read, I want you to do chapter three, verse one, just the first four words. Now this this is now the and we like okay, no that okay, yes. that falls now that probably doesn't work. But even if it was now, this is the second letter. Yeah, there, there's probably re, there's probably PhD papers written on this is now the second letter. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, People oh, we, were referring to, yeah, is this him referencing First Peter as right. the first letter, or is this a letter we don't have yeah. that he's referencing? And yeah. And so, yeah, and there's, was there an entire letter that was a 
was about Christ's return that Peter writes <laughs> right. and gave to them. I mean, again, there's you're, well, you're not incorrect. There's lots of speculation. So you can yeah, gotcha. on such a simple. And on Second Peter in particular, mm-hmm. did Peter write it? Why is mm-hmm. the Greek different? Mm-hmm. Who was his scribe? And so that's one of the things that we talked about in regards to looking at God's word in the mm-hmm. Reconstructed Faith podcast. Yeah. Is that just there's another? There's always a layer deeper, all, further up and further in is always an option. Yeah. It feels like mm-hmm. with God's word. So anyway, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. Do you know know some of the things you're going to focus on? Have you got any chance to, I know it's only Tuesday. Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, I think this notion of, of the, the scoffers who are scoffing, like the repetition there. I mean, I think talking about what, what is this role? How is this different than necessarily the false teachers? You know, again, is what, how do you handle a scoffer, a believing scoffer? Um, Because we have that uh, input. Um, I think that clear is, is, has to be addressed uh, to do this justice, um, and then I, and then I think again the this notion of Christ's return. Why were people like? What would be the benefit to people acknowledging or trying to believe the lie that Christ wouldn't come back, right? Um, or had already kind of completed the resurrection? Because that was probably more likely. The thought was that this was Jesus in you know again the difference between body and spirit and the mm-hmm. spiritual resurrection. Um, that Jesus had already done, and so then we've all now, when we become new creations, when we put our faith, that's our resurrection. Kind of again was the thought that was okay. being misused, and so that there now everybody, everybody who's believing in the church would be have already experienced what was being pronounced as the second uh, resurrection or the second coming. Um, and I, and again, my the the mode of the best reason for that was then to separate your actions. Um, you know, in your body from then the spiritual realm. And so it was probably this nod towards licentiousness and again, sin. And how much more again do we, and you know, again, to make it applicable to us today, if we really thought back in a healthy understanding of the second coming and the excitement, how much more would that change our, you know, behavior day to day? Unlike the negative version of behavior modification that Chris gave, again, (laughs) this is why you don't go to R-rated movies. It's not that. <laughs> no, that's exactly the <clears throat> reverse. But the, the freedom that yes. is and the excitement, the anticipation, the anticipation. Yeah. The, the I'm going to be about his ways. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is this is a time that I have that is coming to an end and so why would I waste it on anything else? Yeah. yeah. That there would be a a much more proper view of keeping the the second coming in mind. Yes. Um that would change the way you live your life. You got you got to love uh a couple of thoughts. One, you know that there's a meme that's like that says Jesus is coming, look busy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that Jesus is coming back, look busy. Um, but what struck me is that's that you know obviously that's a gag. But but um, in our church, Bobby Hicks' attitude about us having money and designated right. accounts is it, it's not a fear based thing. But you'll hear Bobby if you're on the leadership board, you hear Bobby regularly like we need we don't want to get caught with that money. That's the way he says it. Yeah. And he doesn't mean that in like, oh no, we're going to be in huge trouble. It's right. what, what a horrible shame that would be right? if we had thousands of dollars in an account for some mission thing, some benevolence thing, some whatever, and Jesus shows back, he's like, oh, we're all done. We're like, oh wait, no, we got to spend this money yeah, real yeah, quick. Yeah. Like we got to, oh like, no, we got yeah. caught with this money and we could have used it. Right, the mm-hmm. idea of stewarding the money, but using it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, Which I feel like for Baptist churches, that not that that's rare, but I love that that's the attitude yes. rather than just like hanging on to it. <laughs> yeah. uh, talking to my so my grandfather pastors a really small 
Baptist church in Louisiana. Right. And that is like one of, one of the main tensions is the yes. person dealing with the money just wants to hang on to it. So yep. I don't know. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, it is a, and we have such a luxury of a healthy say, church yeah, here. The benefit and, of yeah, a generous church. And we have, a, I mean, we're, we are able to, and our leadership board wisely set aside some money to say we're going to store this money out of responsibility in case, right. you know, there's, I don't know, there's a worldwide pandemic. Right. Or Everything gets shut down. Electricity goes off, like things like that. that I'm sure would never happen. Right. Um, but the, uh, um, but even with that, every, you know, it's like everything else we need to be. We need to be figuring out a way mm-hmm. to get it out. Now I'll tell you, Paul, I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this too, because mm-hmm. and now I can't remember who it was who asked me this. It may have been my wife after she taught recently and asked me, how do you teach when you know there's people in the room who are disagreeing with you, who are just mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like everything you're saying, they're like, oh, whatever, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think she was teaching somewhere and felt that sense. Yeah. And, and so, you know, scoffer is one of the proverb terms, mm-hmm. like one of the headings you got fools, scoffers, wicked, wise, righteous. like, And so years ago, I discovered that it was my propensity to preach to the scoffer. Mm-hmm. And the book of Proverbs makes it extremely clear not to do that. You don't <laughs> yeah. ever you, teach yeah, you, the scoffer. You teach the righteous. Yeah. And, um, and so it's because it's the, the fool has not yet decided, am I a scoffer yet or not, or am I going to be righteous? So you teach to the righteous to guide the fool. You punish the scoffer to guide the fool, is the way it teaches in Proverbs. And so, uh, and it was my tendency to find the person in the audience who looked the most angry and try to convince them and to look to happy. Like, to okay, like, switch. Them. And I realized that was a horrible, and, and that's not a good way to do it. And so, uh, I don't know if you run into that when you teach. Like, I don't know if in your brain, if you teach, if you're if you're teaching the material, or if you if you're teaching to certain people. But I'm a, I'm definitely. Yeah. I'm teaching to these people in the crowd. Oh, really? And I have to intentionally teach to those who I believe are seeking most fervently to follow Christ. Because um, otherwise I will fall very quickly into Because I know the people in the room who are scoffing, so to speak. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. do not, don't, <laughs> don't focus on them. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, I think the same thing of like, I think the scoffer who's already made up his mind and there's no yeah. changing of his mind. Um I tend to just ignore. Um, it doesn't hit because <laughs> right. again, it's like I I don't feel like it's a level of success, right? Um, because then that's what makes a true scoffer, not just a fool. A fool right. is still wavering. A scoffer right. is unwavering, and so they've already made up their mind and they're already walking down a path. And so it's kind of the great. That's the Lord's to deal with, not mine, apparently. And so right. I I rarely find myself at all thinking or motivated towards. Of, of course, there's going to be somebody who I'm not going to convince. So right. I need to try to convince them. Right. You know, it's the, that battle's already played out. And yeah, so that's between them and that's God between now. between them and God, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And so I really go in that direction. I think now to the difference of like a fool or the difference of somebody who still just disagrees with me. Right. Um, then I, th- I think that always kind of comes to the mindset of uh, the humility in which you're presenting, um, what right. you're presenting. And so, because again, I always in in reading or in looking and studying scripture, it's like you come across men who are vastly more sound, you know, in like their right, understanding right. of scripture have done this much longer, have been all these different things. And for me to be like, uh, yeah, I think they might've missed it. You know, is, <laughs> is always this like, uh, where am, who am I to, you know, kind right. of stand mm-hmm. on that except for the fact that no, we have the enlightenment of the Holy spirit. Right. And then I get to be that person who 
now is going to handle God's word and present it in a way that I think is right. And so we may, again, disagree. And so I think that mm-hmm. there's a That's level true of, too. of still a present humility of that, that it's more, it's less about maybe who I'm talking to and more about how I'm talking. Um, and so I think that there's, you know, I try to be always careful of, of, yes, I may be wrong in this, but here's, here's where I think I'm holding this as, as best that I can and mm-hmm. as upright towards, again, what scripture says. And so if somebody disagrees with me, it's not the, well, then we're on two different sides of the, of the, te- you know, playing field. We're on opposite teams now because you're over there and I'm over here. That's not the case. We're still on the same team. Um, and so it just kind of brings that more of a reminder right. of, nope, this is, this is where we're jumping in and doing this thing together. Cool. Um, okay. Also one more gear question for you, Paul. Mm-hmm in this passage. So these, I'm looking at my marks when I read through it um, a bunch of times, but um, down in verse four, here's one of the things that struck me. So I'm, I know you're a, I don't even know how to say this. You're a fan of science. You're a scientist. I don't know what the right way to say I it. I believe in science. I believe in science. And the, but as I am, and I mm-hmm. do. And so, <clears throat> but it is intriguing to me <laughs> that there's a, the phrase, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. Yeah. That is actually a basic tenet of science, mm-hmm. is that all things, the, the what we see now is a good representation of what has always been. Yeah. Like the patterns we see, the changes we see, the movements we see, the whatever. and The ever-expanding yeah, universe. Yeah, exactly. The, what, all all the the, whatever it is, yeah. you can trace backwards and... In, in, indefinitely, or even as some people say, infinitely, which I think is absurd. But mm-hmm. and and learn all you need to learn. And Peter seems to be saying, "No, you're, you're forgetting that there was a point at which there was nothing. Mm-hmm. It hasn't always been this way." Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know that Peter's denying anything. I mean, Peter, Peter's not going. You know that scientific method. I don't. I don't. None of that. But but I think it is intriguing that one of the things the scoffers are saying is. There's never been a fundamental change to the universe or to reality or whatever. I don't know how much to put in their words here. Hmm. And Peter's saying, no, but you're forgetting there's a time at which God spoke things into existence. And so, anyway, I just, I don't know if you, you I, I wrote in my note there, this, this is a fundamental understanding of modern secular science is everything has always gone on this way and it always will, and it always has. And there's never been a meaningful, I don't know, qualitative, maybe, change. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I don't know if you had any thoughts on that or if you'd done any, you know. You, you I hadn't had any, no, I hadn't read it that way and hadn't necessarily had it. I quickly just pulled up um, uh, the Greek interlinear uh, to try to kind of see, because again, is this just now a, a phrase that leads itself to an understanding? Because again, I, right, I wouldn't right. imagine, you know, well, Peter's not writing to a Western scientific mind. <laughs> so if, at all, if, right. If, if the first thought is, oh, well, this is clearly a, a Western scientific application, then maybe that's not where he's, he's addressing. Um, and it's, it, it is at least interesting, maybe more literally, um, all things as they were mm-hmm. continue from the beginning. Um, yeah. That it's, it's pretty simple. Because there's only like five Greek words there. Yeah. That we have this in this way or in this manner, kind of again, as they were. So what do they do in this way? Well, they continue. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. And from the beginning, or from 
beginning of creation. And it is, um, yeah, this word creation is, is the act or the product. Um, often talking about like the founding of a city um, or of a divine institution or work or ordinance. Yeah, it's fast. It's going to be fun to look at. It will be fun. Yeah, to I'm looking forward to, to delve out. And and I think again, it fits into still the the beginning of it. So, what's the what is the promise of his coming? I mean, I think everything started. Yeah, not starting and then having to adapt and get back to a right plan because we've messed this up. Yeah, but no, the from the beginning, his second coming was all part of this. All part of the plan. Kim, it's got, we're glad you're here. So we didn't have to bleep her out too much. Not nearly as much as I thought. Be encouraged.